In this episode, I will be sharing some candid stories about fatherhood, how scripture reveals the characteristics of what a father should be, and even when you as a dad don't fully fit the bill that the grace of God is still sufficient for you. Now ladies, don't check out as this can be of great help for you as well. With so much to get to, let's get going right now on The Great Sift. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. As I've mentioned in my testimony episode, which if you haven't listened to it, you can go back and listen to the very first episode of The Great Sift. But as I shared with you, I was told that around 2009 that my chances of becoming a father were slim to none. This news devastated Jess and myself. We so badly wanted children of our own, but the outlook just was not very good. After years of prayers, tears, and reconciling that this may never actually happen for us, we received our very first miracle baby. When my little nugget, Madeline Rosemary Stewart, came into this world, I remember praising God and committing to Him that I would raise her and any other children that I had to know Him, love Him, and serve Him. I was determined and still am but the lessons learned in the last seven years stands as a testament to my faith and to my flaws. How I grew up and what I saw in my dad were two things. He worked hard for his family and he was the disciplinarian. That's it. No, that, that literally is it. I don't ever remember hearing my dad saying, I love you or I'm proud of you until I was well into my 20s. Did he love me? Yes. Was he proud? Yes. Did I know that? Kind of. <laughs> I knew he wouldn't let anyone mess with me, or if my car broke down, he would be the first one there to help. But aside from that, my relationship with him, well, it was lacking in a major way. Now in my adult life, this has changed drastically, in a great way. My relationship with him is now great, full of conversation, laughter, and love. He tells me all the time now how much he loves me and how proud he is of me and my family. I'm so thankful for him and the relationship that we do have. Now, if he could go back and do some things different, he's expressed that he genuinely would. Now, I know there are some men listening right now who can relate. You can relate to having a dad who didn't or doesn't know how to express himself to the point it almost makes you feel like you did something wrong. Well, let me encourage you. Oftentimes, the disconnect comes from relational guidelines, habits, and boundaries that have been silently in place for decades. It may take you being the one to start the conversation and to build the relationship. And I encourage you to do that. It will be better than you think. He does love you, and he is proud of you. Now, when I became a father, there were certain things I knew I wanted to do with my children, and I started them right away. I wanted to help put them to bed every single night. I wanted to sing songs and have conversations with them. I wanted to be interested in what they are interested in. I wanted to teach them about Jesus, and the list goes on and on, but I digress. Have I achieved putting all of these things into practice? For the most part, yes. Am I perfect at them? <laughs> Definitely not. 
Yet one night, I did feel pretty accomplished in one area. You see, every night before the kids go to bed, I say a prayer over them. And for the sake of repetition, uh, for my kids, it is the same prayer every night. I wanted them to understand what was happening. And the prayer goes like this. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray over my kids. I pray that from the tops of their heads to the bottoms of their feet, that they would ever be reminded that they are your children and they are children of the King. And his name is, I then pause to let the kids say the name Jesus. Once they say the name, I proceed, but not before. And then I continue with highly favored, wonderfully blessed in Jesus name. Amen. Well, several several years ago, Madeline was, well, she was probably four. I had an incredibly proud dad moment. Maddie was supposed to be taking a nap, and as I went upstairs, I overheard her little voice, but I couldn't fully understand what she was saying. So I proceeded to her bedroom door as I was going to correct her behavior since she was supposed to be napping. However, once I got to the door, I heard what she was saying. <laughs> she was saying our bedtime prayer. I peeked in the room unnoticed, and I watched as she began the prayer again over her favorite doll. She was covering up the doll aptly named Rosita and (laughs) began by looking lovingly at her baby and said in the sweetest little voice, Heavenly Father, right now, this is my Madeline voice, Heavenly Father, right now. I pray that from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, that she would ever be reminded that she is a child of the king and the king's name is. Well, then she paused waiting for Rosita to respond. (laughs) When she didn't, just like me, she asked again, his name is. And again, his name is. His name is, his name is, and she began to shake her baby doll saying, his name is, his name is. And so I whispered just loud enough, Jesus. (laughs) Immediately, Maddie calmed down and said, ah, highly favored and wonderfully blessed. (laughs) In Jesus name, amen. I walked out of the room realizing I had done something right. But we do have a long way to go. Now, maybe you have had similar moments. Maybe you feel like you've had major or made major headway in how you are raising your babies. Yet, in a moment's notice, you may feel like you haven't been hurt at all. The point is, is that you are moving in the right direction. Are you engaging? Are you having the conversations that matter? Are, are you being the father that God is calling you to be? If the answer is no, that doesn't mean there's no hope. You just have to change. Why? Well, because not only do your children deserve it, but the Lord requires it of us as fathers. Let me give you four items that the Word of God addresses, and you be the judge if you're walking these out in your own life. Remember, the Word of God brings encouragement, conviction, and life all within the passages that we are going over. Now, we have all heard that a father is supposed to be a provider in their home. But let's understand that provision is far beyond financial responsibility. Provision is providing physically, emotionally, and spiritually to your family. Now, with that being said, let's first look at how a father is supposed to be a teacher in their home. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
as well as Ephesians 6, 4. And it says this, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Men, you are to be teachers in your home. Train up your children, not provoking them to anger, but help them understand and hold on to the discipline that you have given them. So how do we train them? We explain things. We show them by our examples. How we treat others is how they will treat others. Helping them to understand that God's word is the standard for our lives. This will help them to look to that in the very first instance rather than the last. See, my dad was notorious for making me be the flashlight holder when he was working on cars, and I hated it. Oh my goodness, I couldn't stand doing it. And he would never let me do anything more than hold the flashlight. He never answered my questions, so there I sat for hours as he would be fixing the car. Now, I don't want to be that dad. I want to answer questions and engage. Yet, even in my dad doing it the way that he did, I still learned how to fix my vehicles. I still spent time with him. He could have rigged something up to hold a flashlight in place and not have me there at all. Yet, he wanted me there. In hindsight, just simply being invited into the moment, I was being led and taught things that I didn't even realize. Men, be encouraged that even if you feel like you were doing it wrong, just the mere invitation is doing something right. May I also admonish you, be the one to lead your family in going to church. Don't go begrudgingly. Be the one to wake the family up on Sundays and get your family to church. Help them grow in the instruction of the Lord. Help them memorize scripture. Make it fun. Make it applicable to whatever age they are at. And if you don't know how, ask for help. Yes, as a man, you are allowed to ask for help. This is important. Secondly, as a father, provide protection through discipline. Proverbs 13, 24 says this, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Oh, here we go with that old phrase, Spare the rod and spoil the child. Sound familiar? <laughs> well, let me be clear. This verse has nothing to do with spanking your child. Whether or not a swat on the bottom is a form of discipline in your home makes no difference to me. But what this verse is attesting to is the fact that as a father, we are to provide protection to our family. The shepherd's rod was not used to spank the sheep, but rather to protect the sheep. The shepherd would use it as a weapon against predators day and night. The structure of your home in discipline is a way of protecting your child. Let me encourage you with this. You need to explain this to your children, especially with the older they get. I have counseled many teenagers and parents that have not had these clarifying conversations. And once they did, behaviors changed and adhered easier. Men, you are to protect your home. You are to set the guidelines. Be a man who is diligent to lovingly hold to the standards that you have set in your home. Key words here, lovingly and hold. You can love without compromising the standard that has been set. Even though there are more principles that we find in scripture, out of respect for your time, I will share only one more. A father is to be compassionate. Psalms 103.13 says this, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. When you see your children hurting, show that you care. 
The line was told to me more than once. I'll suck it up, son. You're fine. Or quit crying before I give you something to cry about. As a child, these lines hardened my heart in ways that I didn't realize until I was in my 30s. Both boys and girls are sensitive emotionally, and we need to address them as such. Does that mean that we don't teach our boys how to be men or how to defend themselves and and others? By no means. But by demeaning them and making them feel like they can't express emotions that they have can be a difficult perspective for them to understand. As a father, it is our job to show compassion, care about what they care about, show empathy, and be intentional with our conversations. I'm going to say that again. Be intentional with our conversations to ensure they are well-rounded men and women when they grow up. There is a saying out there, and it goes like this. We don't simply want to raise obedient children. We want to raise balanced adults. You see, we long to raise children that understand how to engage with the world around them and engage with Christ being at the center of it all. Romans 12 says this, show honor unto others greater than yourself. And this is what we strive for. We want to raise our children in a way that they understand what it means to honor others before themselves, but at the same time value who they are as people in order to be able to show the honor correctly. Now I have one last story I want to share with you before we finish today. It was a proud dad moment of mine. Recently, my son and I, Caius, we were at a park. His sister was in a ballet class, and every single Thursday I would take him with me to give Jessica a break, and we would go to one of the local parks in town. Well, as we were out in this field, we were playing tag. All of a sudden, we heard this massive, deep voice screaming, and he was screaming obscenities, and he was yelling at this tiny little woman who was walking next to him. This man had to have been at least 6'4", well near 250, just ripped, big dude, right? And as he's yelling at this girl, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because this woman's tiny, this dude's big, I'm not going to let some guy just simply (laughs) yell at a woman in front of me. And so I'm starting to not panic, but I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to engage this man to get him to stop yelling at this woman the way that he was. Well, all of a sudden, my son just turns around and he looks, I mean, just dead at this man. And he screams at the top of his little five-year-old voice, hey, you leave her alone. And instantly, instantly, this massive mountain of a man stops on a dime and says, you're right, little man, you're right. And instead of grabbing his his girlfriend or significant other or wife, I'm not sure, he puts his hand on the palm of her back uh, or on the bottom of her back and, and, and he ushers her, opens the door for her. He calmed down immediately and he got back in the car and he had stopped yelling at this woman. Now, inwardly, I was, I was taken aback. I was like, what just happened? And at the same time, a huge relief came over me because I was like, I do not want to get into uh, an encounter with this guy. And so I look at my son. I was like, son, why did you yell at that man? And he said, well, dad, you've always told me that as a man, we're supposed to protect women and we don't let anybody yell at women like that. And so I was just telling him that he needed to leave her alone. 
And in that moment, this huge rush of just strength and proud dad moment came over me. And I was overwhelmed, number one, by how he listens and what he, you know, absorbs in his life and and how he views what I say. But it also then put a little bit of like, oh my goodness, he listens to everything that I say. (laughs) But I want to encourage you men, your sons listen. Your daughters watch. They see what you do. Your influence in their lives matters. It matters so much that we understand what the scriptures have said. We are to be teachers in our home. We are to provide and bring protection to our home. We are to be compassionate and understanding their feelings. And inside of it all, as a man with all of our faith And with all of our flaws, the Lord willing, we will raise young men and young women to know the Lord, to fear the Lord, and to serve the Lord. And all of the scriptures that we used in today's episode will be listed in the description. Now may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you today. And until next time, may God truly bless you.